0: As a born-again believer, you have the DNA of Jesus. Be ready to be activated and launched into your identity as kings. Receive impartation to succeed in life. Recover your ordained sphere of influence. Receive strategies to unlock wealth building for your family and advance the kingdom on earth. Be initiated into the lost tribe of kings, rising to reign and rule alongside the King of Kings. Learn more about how you can connect with us by visiting our website, kingsandwealth.com. Again, our website is kingsandwealth.com.
1: Hello, hello, hello. So glad that um, we are back online and I'm very thankful for many that are joining us. Probably just starting right now, I had people that was still paying me money and signing up right in the middle of my teaching. And uh, I'm sorry, I didn't manage to get to it because otherwise, uh, you know, I'm s- uh, but there's still the replay. Please check our replay. You can watch King's part tomorrow uh, th- with the same link. And uh, we're, we're starting with wealth right now. Let me just, um, <coughs> real quick, just pray real quick. Father, I praise you, I thank you. What a privilege it is to, to gather here today with all these amazing brothers and sisters and friends that they have taken their time and and blocking out the whole day to listen to God's word, to enjoy your presence, I thank you for that. Father, I thank you for your word that says that your word shall not return to you void and that it will return a tremendous harvest. So right now in Jesus' name, I just ask the Holy Spirit to refresh everybody as we go into the second part of the teaching. And the Lord, every seed that's planted in their minds and their hearts will bear a bountiful harvest of tremendous lasting fruit. Father, I praise you. I thank you for your time. I thank you for uh, this privilege of gathering even in the middle of this this difficult time, challenging times, that we can gather as your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So guys, we're getting into wealth. wondering if we are actually online. I just want to double check. Are we online right now? Because I can't see from or are we still on the time lag? I'm not sure. Anyway, <coughs> sorry. Let me just just move on. Um okay. Wealth is a natural outflow when kings flourish in executing God's plans on earth. Now, why do I say that? I mean, like a lot of times, you know, when I'm doing the lives, I'm talking about identity, I just really want people to focus on the foundational, the foundation of who God created you to be first before talking about creating wealth because you need to know who you are, you need to know your purpose. And once you start moving in that, once you start living out of the identity that god has given you it is very easy to create wealth because you are flourishing in who god created you to be and when that happens wealth is going to flow right through your hands so i try to tell people that the wealth part of my teaching it really wealth in itself is in itself a byproduct it is a byproduct. It is a fruit. But the root is the core of who you are, your core design, your core DNA. Once you get that, that seed that is inside of you, the king part of you, that identity, you will you will enjoy the fruit of wealth. Is this making sense? Once you get that that seed inside of you, that you are a king created by God, you will grow into your fruit and you will be able to create wealth. And so wealth is a natural outflow. When you start living out your calling as a king, God's king, serving the king of kings, when you execute his plans for you on earth, the wealth part will flow naturally from everything that you do now in second chronicles second chronicles 31 hezekiah did what was good and right and true before the lord and he did it with all his heart so he prospered he did it with all his heart he did it with all his heart he did what was good and right and true before the lord he was faithful and he did it with all his heart and so he prospered and then second chronicles 32 says hezekiah had great riches had great riches and honor and he made himself treasuries for silver gold precious stones blah blah blah, blah." so much abundance i mean all this you know storehouses and So much, he had, and this is, I love this part. He says, it is not only in abundance, for God had given him very much property. Now, when I saw that part in this passage, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Hezekiah is my man. He is my king because God gave him property and somehow it was made to mention in this passage. You know, it's amazing. Hezekiah prospered in all his works in all his works. I want to also highlight to you, Isaiah 60, which is so important. It is so important, we talk about it. You know, we, there's been a lot of prophecy, there's been a lot of teaching on it over the years, the transfer of wealth. You know, there's always oh the transfer of wealth. We talk about it, but are you experiencing the transfer of wealth? It is a promise. It is a promise. What are you doing? Are you standing in faith and also walking it out? Are you partnering with God? Because you know what, it is a promise and it is it can manifest, it has manifested in my life. The transfer of wealth anointing. And I need to read this because it's so important. Especially now. If you ask me, I think Isaiah 60, <laughs> Right now, Isaiah 16 really fits what's going on. Darkness, cover the earth. Darkness, cover the earth. But the Lord will rise over you and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. You shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. They shall bring gold and incense and proclaim the praises of the Lord. Your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and the kings, their kings in procession. This is what's promised to us, you and I even though we are in the midst of darkness and hopelessness for many people seven keys that i put together seven keys to tap into the wealth anointing this is what we've personally applied and seen results I don't teach anything that I haven't tried it out myself and I know is tested, is true. I keep saying enough of theory. Theory needs to be translated into testimony. Are you hearing me? Friends, kings, enough of talking, enough of theory, it's time for testimony. And so everything that I'm telling you now is stuff that I have done myself and I've seen results. Principles that I've studied, pulled out the Bible, apply it, and seen results. Now, why am I like that? Because I'm an attorney. I need to see proof. I ask the Lord, okay, Lord, you know, you told me all this stuff. People get saved in the book of Acts, blah, blah. Well, I need to see that. I want to see that. So I started joining street outreach, I went to the streets, I started praying for people, I started seeing people getting saved, I started seeing people getting healed. I mean, this is really important for me because I wanna see the proof in the pudding. There's no power when we don't have testimony. Let me repeat that again. There's no power when we don't have testimony. Now, seven keys. Let me just go through real quick. We're gonna go through each one of them. Know your DNA and your ancestry. Okay, we talked a lot about it. The DNA part, you 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 know what I'm talking about. You and I, we have the same DNA as Jesus Christ, King of Kings. Know your purpose. Also, very easy to understand. Know your source. Work your hands. Steward your finances. Sow with strategy. Save, oh, I'm, I've gotta change that a little bit. I think what, what I've done is that I will actually talk about number seven first before number six. So anyway, tho- those two, Sa- uh, save and shave your debt, and then sow with strategy. And that's a really, really important one. The, number the, the last part of this is really important. Okay, let's just go right into know your DNA. As we know, we have the DNA of kings, but apart from that, I also want you to know, and some of you know this already, we have a spiritual lineage of men with extreme wealth. Again, knowledge is useless when there are no results to prove the truth of that knowledge, okay? So, wealthy men in the Bible who ruled and rocked, This is part of our spiritual heritage. This is part of our spiritual heritage. Abraham. Abraham was a billionaire in his time. Okay? He was very rich. He was very rich in livestock, in silver, in gold. He had more than enough to sustain a massive household of servants and soldiers. And I love the story about how uh, he went to defeat the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, he had... Three hundred and eighteen trained servants who were born in his own house. I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, wrap my mind around what was being said here. He had an army to himself, and these army, this army of trained servants were literally born in his household. So we're talking about generations of servanthood, and you know, servants and and employees, really. He had his own army. He had his own army. We're talking about, I mean, like today where we talk, oh, the guy has his own army. We're talking about drug lords here. <laughs> when we only say that in the context of like drug lords. Oh, the guy has his own army. <laughs> and 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 this one, this one sometimes blows my mind when I when I finally got hold of that. Like Abraham had the greatest gift from God, the entire land of Canaan. We're talking about a whole nation. We're talking about the gift of a country. So how rich is Abraham? I don't know. I'll leave it to you to think. (laughs) He got Israel as a gift. So (laughs) he's wealthy. You can't even quantify that. Solomon. We all know Solomon. Yeah, he's wealthy. Yeah. But you know what? He didn't ask for wealth. He asked for wisdom, right? He didn't ask for wealth. He asked for wisdom. And God gave him wealth because he was walking in integrity. He wasn't greedy. He didn't want any shortcuts. He asked for wisdom. And God rewarded him, rewarded him with honor and riches as well. He was so wealthy. I love this when I first read, did some research on this. and, And then when I read it, I was like, wow. Solomon was so wealthy, he had so much gold. Silver was not worth anything in his time. He had so much gold, silver was worth nothing then. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem, as stones. I just love. Oh my gosh, 1 Kings 10 27. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones. You know, so at that time, silver was worth nothing in Solomon's time. Guess what? Today, (laughs) silver is at a historical high this year. Now, let's just talk about his revenue, okay? His revenue. I'm not talking about his what he had as a possession. We're talking about his revenue. He has 666 talents of gold coming to him in a year. And that amounted to around, oh my gosh, that's like 800 million, 800 million. And he ruled for 40 years. So we're talking about a net worth of trillion. He's a trillion heir. He's definitely considered one of the richest men in history after Genghis Khan. So that's how rich Solomon is. And even then, today, there's still a lot of dispute. Oh, well, how rich was Solomon? It's so hard to quantify. Yeah, of course, because he lives in, you know, he's a He's, a mon- he's, he's like, he's from ancient civilization. And, but just, just get this. Just listen to what the Bible says. He was so wealthy. He had so much gold. Silver was worth nothing. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones. That's very cool. That is very cool. Wow. Now, this is. Again, I'm gonna be laughing at my own jokes because there's nobody else in the studio except me and and the boys out there. So, you know. Jesus Christ. What about Jesus Christ? What about Jesus himself? Right? We have talked about Abraham, we've talked about Solomon, but what about Jesus? Hey Chris, hi. Our secret guest is gonna. This is just arrived. Yeah. So Jesus is man and God, 100% man, 100% God, but He is also man and God of infinite resource. Now, let's just go into the scripture, okay? Hebrews 1.12, God appointed His Son, Jesus, as heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds. Now, if everything in the universe belongs to Him, He's the owner of everything. Every molecule, every atom, everything, everything. The moon, the sun, the stars, the planets, blah, blah, blah. The universe, and then they are saying, oh, maybe there are a couple of universes, whatever. I don't care about that, that's not important. The point is, he owns everything. He owns everything. So if he owns everything, what is there to prove? What's there to prove? And guess what? Hey, we have his DNA. I got to keep reminding you guys, if he owns everything, the universe or the universes, you know, and the planet, he owns everything. We have his DNA. We have access to his mind because we are the mind of Jesus Christ. So if he owns everything, Jesus has nothing to prove. Nothing to prove, okay? And look at this one here and some of you have heard me talk about this before, Matthew 17, 27. He was asked about paying taxes. He was with his disciples, the Pharisees were trying to, you know, give him a hard time and like, oh, you know, what about Caesar's money, blah, 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 yeah? And then he said, okay, I'm gonna shut you up. He pulled a fish out of whatever, he pulled a fish out of somewhere, and then he paid taxes for himself, and his crew. So, to shut the Pharisees up, people that were putting him on the spot, he pulled cash out of a fish. Why would he need to carry cash if he can make a fish his ATM? He can pull cash out of anything. He can pull cash out of a tree, he can pull cash out of anything. So he doesn't need to carry cash. This is what I tell people when you say, "Oh, you know, Jesus was broke." Some people, I hear that all the time, people. And like I said, I've had, I've experienced so much venom over this topic. It's like it's crazy. Look at the look at the Bible again. Look at the Bible. Okay, and this is this is I mean this I got this new brand new last night when I was working on this. Okay. John 6, 4 to 14. Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. We all know, oh, five loaves and two fish, and then there are songs about it, and, you know, people talk about it, sermon after sermon after sermon, yeah? And then He fed the 5,000 with five loaves, two fish, and then there are 12 baskets of bread left over. Now, why was there a leftover? Why? You know, there's uh, intention with every word and every detail that's in the Bible. Why was there leftover 12 baskets? You know, a Chinese mom, like my mom would say, this is a total waste. Why did Jesus leave behind 12 baskets of leftover and, uh, you know, fed the 5,000 good and fine? He could have done that. He could have fed exactly the 5,000 and no leftover. No waste. That's what my mom would say, no waste. In Chinese, how uh, what what how do you say it in Chinese? fei, right? <laughs> That's right. Even my kids have picked that up. fei, don't waste. You know, and that that was what my mom was 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 uh, telling us when we were growing up. And now she's telling my kids the same thing: don't waste, don't waste, don't waste, don't waste, don't waste your food. Eat up everything, blah blah. Yeah, but guess what Jesus did? He did the ultimate waste: twelve baskets of leftover. Twelve baskets. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Now, I have this theory. Again, it's a YE theory. Jesus wasn't poor. He was a minimalist. But he operated in exponential multiplication. He operated in abundance and overflow. He was demonstrating an ordinary day in the life of the Son of God. If you ask me, okay, again, I'm laughing at my own joke. I think Jesus was flexing his multiple through this miracle. Not his muscle, but his multiple. Did you get what I said? Not his muscle, but his multiple. Two loaves and five fish, four, Okay, let me just get the math right. And I've got some really smart people here right here with me. I'm going to get Yichiao to help me count. (laughs) (laughs) 5,000 people. 5,000 men. Not not including they don't count the women and the children at the time. So let's say roughly maybe 15,000 people. Okay, I mean, but... Then again, they don't usually have just one child per Jewish family. Usually they'll have like three, four, five, I don't know, right? You know, it's not China we're talking about. <laughs> it's not a one-time policy. So, yeah, I bet there were like around maybe, I don't know, 20,000 that he actually fed. 20,000. So if he fed 20,000, and let's say each person ate like two fish, Maybe bring it down a little bit further. I mean, let's say 15,000. Maybe each person eat about two fish. 30,000. So with that two fish, he multiplied, I don't know how many times. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) 15,000. It's my math, right? Two fish, two you know, it's multiplied into 30,000, so his multiple is actually 15,000. <laughs> that is just a crazy multiple. That is a crazy multiple. I mean, how do you, you know, you, they should just call it the miracle of the leftover multiple. Oh, oh. There you go, there you go. I'm just talking about feeding them, right? There's also, the 12 baskets. I don't even know how many fish is in there, how much bread is in there. I haven't even gone to the bread part. But what I'm saying is that, oh my gosh, Jesus is really into multiplication. He's really into multiplying. (laughs) Why all this talk about multiplication? Because, because guess what? At the very beginning, they said, "Be fruitful and multiply." Be fruitful and multiply. So you know he loops you right back. Okay, and then this is this is really this is really cool. I was just reading this last night. I was just digging into scripture last night. Philippians two everybody says, oh, you know, Jesus, is, uh, you hear that a lot, oh, oh Jesus, oh, yeah, he, he, he was like, he was so poor, you know, and he, was, uh, he, he didn't have much money, oh, and when he was walking on the face of this earth, really, really? Is that how you see it? Okay, let's just go into Philippians 2, people use Philippians 2 to quote that, you know, to back up what they say, let's go into Philippians 2, let's do that, I, I mean, I love it, I love it, I'm an attorney by, by training, I love to, to have that kind of dispute and this kind of argument, Philippians 2, So this is the the verse that people like people like to quote when it says you know about Jesus uh being poor on earth and stuff like this Let this mind be in you which also be in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a born of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and um, being found in appearance of men. Now when I'm reading this I don't see Jesus as broke because he came to earth and he's a slave. I don't see that at all. I'm seeing he has got everything. He just doesn't want to show it. He doesn't have to. Like I said, he needs cash. He he pulls cash out of a fish. The fish is his ATM. Let me just ask you, I'm sure you have heard of billionaires that drive cheap cars. Zuckerberg has a car that's only worth about $30,000. Warren Buffett is staying in a house that he bought in the 50s and he still has it today. Would you call these guys broke? You'll call them cheap, but you won't call them broke. You know they're wealthy. You know for a fact they're wealthy. They are not showing off their wealth. And the way I see how Jesus has walked his days on earth, he's a minimalist. He's super, 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 super. I mean, that's, we, we don't, I don't even want to call him wealthy. Wealthy is an insult to him. He has infinite resource and we have access to the same dimension. I'm trying to figure out the word to say that dimension, infinite resource.
0: Are you struggling with knowing your purpose and higher calling in life? Did you know God wants you to be a strategic and powerful leader on this earth, and to build wealth for the kingdom? Multi-millionaire global investor Yee Schmidt wants to help you become all this and more. In this book, you will be activated in your identity as kings. Learn to boldly battle, succeed in life, and recover your ordained sphere of influence. Learn powerful keys to unlock wealth building for your family and God's kingdom. Be initiated into the Lost Tribe of Kings, rising to reign and rule alongside Jesus, the King of Kings. This book will propel you to flourish in life and attain generational wealth. Are you ready?